Welcome back, haters. I hope you had a good week. <laughs> this is how you have to talk to them. So I just want to um, thank everyone to res- who responded to my poll. In episode 35, I told people they should not run for office. <laughs> and I posed a question to all my social media platforms asking if transplants should run for office. I got a lot of good responses. Um, some people say if you are engaged in the community and you plan on staying, it's something you should do. So, um, yeah. I don't know. Don't listen to me. Don't take any advice I give you guys. So if you want to run for office, run for office. But, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll, I think we can dive deeper into that conversation as the elections approach, maybe, on why I say you should skip it. Um, another thing um, I want to bring up is Friday I went to parking day. Um, my friend had a setup down there. I did not plan on going because I don't work downtown anymore and it was hot. But I decided to go to support her <laughs> and uh, be strong arm into voting for her and uh, her company won. So shout out to them. Uh, but it was the second year for that, I believe, right? Mel, do you remember? Because he was... Okay. It was the second year for it. It was larger this year, so I saw a lot more vendors out there. There was some music. I saw some street art. Um, This is something that City of Jackson hosts every year. Um, I think it's spearheaded by the Jackson Planning Department. So shout out to you guys. This is a lovely event. I would love to see something like that weekly. I know I'm asking for a lot, but I don't know. It was kind of hot out there, too. Um... I learned an incredible lesson that night. Uh, I gave my daughter a snowball because it was hot. <laughs> and she responded like any other, um, like maybe a drug addict would. <laughs> so <laughs> she, she had a really nice high. And then when she had a low, it was very low. So, and the funny thing is, as we're leaving out, we we're like passing the mare. And she's like having a meltdown. She's, I'm like barely holding on to her by her legs. So it, that was great. Uh, and then Saturday, I went to the Synergy Link Smart Talk. So the Synergy Link is a new co-working space here in Jackson. They're in North Jackson. And normally, I don't like to do anything on weekends because it's the weekend. I only get two days. (laughs) Every other day is for work. But um, I decided to go because it was new. I wanted to support them. I spoke to the owner. And she is, um, she resides in Houston, one of the owners. And, you know, I figured that would probably be my only time I would meet up with her. But then the weather kept her there, so she wasn't able to attend. But I'm still glad I went. Um, It was facilitated by, wait, let me get her name. (laughs) I have my notes here, and I completely lost my notes. Let me go to Instagram, because I did post it there. Oh, there's like a, her name is Kyra. Kyra Hartwick and the other people on the panel was Marcus Williams. I know you guys are familiar with him. He just ran for office. And Latoya Porter. So it was a really, really good event, but most importantly, they had a good breakfast. (laughs) Usually when I go to these networking events and or even conferences, the food is kind of basic, but they had like fruit, they had oatmeal, grits, eggs. Biscuit, potatoes, orange juice, coffee. I'm like, okay, just based like y'all are setting the bar really high. I'm about to show up to every, and it was a free event. So I learned a lot there. So shout out to them. Make sure you guys support them. 
And I love the co-working spaces here anyway in Jackson. We're recording at Mantle today. Normally we're at Coles, so that shows you how much I love them. But enough about me for the first time ever. <laughs> I am going to allow my guests to introduce themselves, you know, let us know where you're from and all that other stuff. My name is Micah Briggs, senior. Uh, okay. I have to make that clear because Junior is here in the sonic boom. <laughs> Uh, I am originally from Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. Born in Grand Rapids, Minnesota, but raised in Omaha, Nebraska. And a little bit of my high school back and forth in between Phoenix, Arizona and Omaha. Mother and oh. father in different places. But, wow. Um, from there, but my bloodline, my DNA from a matriarchal perspective is from here. Okay. My dad's mom and my mom's mom were both born in Mississippi. Okay. Almost born in Coffeyville, Mississippi, my mother's mom. And my dad's mom... We're still trying to pinpoint exactly where she was born because yeah. so, it's so much, so much. But yeah, so I've got some DNA here and pressure from my soon-to-be wife. Really, an ultimatum. That's what got me back here. Uh-huh. Jackson State lured me here, yeah. and then she said, "I'm not moving from here." So I married <laughs> her and moved back. <laughs> where else have you stayed? I have lived in. Oklahoma. Well, not really Oklahoma. I went there my first year of college. Langston, LU. Okay. Um, but then I lived in Glendale, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. I've lived in Chicago, Illinois, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Where else? Oh, New Orleans, Louisiana. Of course. That's all. Oh, I just was trying to get you there. Goodness gracious. <laughs> New Orleans was the longest stretch. Okay. Off and on about 12 years in okay. New Orleans. Love that place. Yeah. I mean, I'm from the NO, North Omaha, so I moved to the NO, yeah. New Orleans. From NO to NO. Okay. It's a connection. Okay. That's what I was trying to get you to. Ulterior <laughs> <laughs> motives already, huh? So, wait. How long have you been in Jackson, then? This is... Three and a half years that I've been oh, back in Jackson. Okay, okay. So you were in New Orleans the longest. Oh, New Orleans was the longest okay. stretch of anywhere. Well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They the the menu items. Yeah. The music, the culture. Yeah. It'll reel you in and like yeah. keep you for a while. It really okay. did. Okay, okay. So okay, so I know your wife. She told you you had to. Get back over here. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad you listen. <laughs> uh, I like being happy, so I like listening to her. Listen, I, disclaimer, I told Melvin before you got here, I was like, I talked to his wife. She told me he had to be somewhere at a certain time. I said, so you're going to have to keep time because I don't want any trouble with her. <laughs> oh, I've got plenty of time. i got a baby so shower are... at four. So Yeah, yeah she was we'll like, you got to be in bar. I was like, I got you. <laughs> I said, we about 30, 45 minutes max. Oh, there it is. Okay. Okay, so, okay, what do you do around here? What kind of trouble do you get in around Jackson? You know what? I get in trouble kind of dipping into everything. Okay. Uh, mentorship, uh, motivational speaking, uh, just really trying to pour into students who remind myself of me and my neighborhood and mm-hmm. uh, our demographic, but uh, to pay the bills. Uh, and a part of my passion as well, I'm an educator. Okay. So been doing that for quite some time. But back and forth, you know, I'll go with uh, going into a specific area, whether it's a detention center mm-hmm. or a church or an after-school program. Mm-hmm. But the bread and butter, Monday through Friday, we're in the classrooms, in the trenches. Okay. Let's dissect that right quick. Because not a lot of men are teachers, Especially, I know black men in general, but like, why aren't men going into teaching? What do you think? A big piece of that, um, I'm gonna say 
the lack of respect mm-hmm. uh, into the teaching profession. Okay. Uh, there is, to me, there's this big veil where teachers can be praised over dinner conversations, but we are kind of discounted in every other mm-hmm. perspective, and we're definitely not compensated. I mean, right. you don't have a nuclear physicist. You don't have a microbiologist. You don't have an attorney general. You don't have any of these people in these different areas, these surgeons. You don't have them without educators. Right. But we are the dumping ground nowadays. People come to our career field because they, they couldn't, couldn't find do anything a job. else. Yeah. Right. It's like a... Uh, in case of emergency, break the glass yeah. instead of a passion now. And that and that hurts yeah. to see people come and kind of pretty much piss in your lawn. Yeah. Why do you think besides those things? Because I would imagine just I'm thinking kids. And I, already, I only have one. <laughs> so. <laughs> and for well, me, I have like, enough for both of us. I have six. So I mean, I'm, I'm ready for it. I have yeah. my own classroom at home. Yeah. So do you think it's that as well? Like children appear, I guess the perception is they're not as respectful as the children mm-hmm. in the past. And people aren't taking education as seriously. Our parents aren't as supportive. Do you think that plays a role as well? I think all of those factors. Yeah. Parenting is different. Yeah. Uh, the, the way that... I see parents on a day-to-day basis. Uh, There is a strong alliance and friendship and uh, the the parental qualities mm-hmm. as far as the, the respect and the standards and the criterias uh, on a general perspective I feel like they've gone down mm-hmm. and people are spending a lot of time just trying to relate to their children instead mm-hmm. of reach their children mm-hmm. so as they relate to them uh, they're letting children play a stronger role in the decision making and your brain's not developed like mm-hmm. you're not there yet mm-hmm. you know you're well into your 20s before your brain is fully even developed so yeah why parents are giving so much liberty and autonomy to kindergarten through 12th graders is beyond me. Yeah, that's Uh, interesting. I know I will say I'm very empathetic towards parents. I know for me, I feel like I was, me and probably a lot of people I grew up with, I was lucky because when my mom couldn't pick me up from school, my dad could. And if my dad couldn't, my grandparents could. And if for whatever reason they couldn't, then my aunt, uncle or a family friend could there was like always someone who was there to be active and engaged so I find it hard I don't know how people who are like single parents do it I don't know how they can be actively engaged or help with homework and work a full-time job like our jobs are not set up in a manner where it kind of supports parents you know so I wonder if that plays a role as well too because you know if kids are getting out of school at 2 3 o'clock I mean absolutely traditional jobs are ending at 5 and then if you have a non-traditional job like I just don't know. That's why aftercare is so important yeah. these days. But, I mean, you just look at the, the setup that we have. You have individuals who, yes, you have to work, but then knowing where your child is. I mean, I'm one of those that came from the latchkey kid. You know, mm-hmm. I was a latchkey kid. My mom worked all day, and when, when she was a single mom, you know, the trust was with us. I need you to go home. And then she would have my grandmother, my uncles and aunts to come and check on us. Yeah. We let ourselves in. Mom had already made dinner, get it out the oven, heat it up. So there was a different um, measure of responsibility that we had to have, making sure you're not just letting some people in yeah. your home. And just there was a lot more to it different for us. I thought about that, too. I had the conversation with my grandmother probably a couple of days ago where when I was old enough to be at home alone, I knew to go inside 
locked the door, and I usually was either sleeping or watching TV. <laughs> so, but I feel like now, like, children are so, like, impressionable. Like, you don't know them, the impact of, like, the internet or the TV is having on them and what they're up to. But, like, for us, like, it's just, like, we didn't want drama. So it's, like, just go home and do what they told you to do so you can... <laughs> I mean, access, access is different now. Yeah, there yeah. There is an abundance of access at... You know, lightning speed. And with this generation, the ability to communicate with your children at younger ages now is more imperative than ever. Yeah. Because your child can take the information that appears to be factual from another child who has unlimited access or they can look it up themselves. A child can innocently be looking up something. They may be looking up super mom mm-hmm. and some super porn pops up. Right. And the ability to be able to have a conversation with your child about what is okay, yeah. what is not okay, and even some safeguards for the internet because too much of anything is bad. Yeah. And your five to ten year old don't need unlimited access. Right. They just don't. Right. And, and so it's, it's different now. It's totally yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. And now if you think about my younger cousins, which it's kind of exhausting, but they're like on social media now. Obviously, they're too young to be on social media. But usually, every now what and age? then. How old are they? So the one I talk to the most, she's like nine. So she's like on Instagram. So occasionally I have to go through her Instagram and look at who she's friending, who is friend her, right. and message them saying, this is a child, get off her friend list, or I'm going to call police on you. Like I have to go through and do that every now and then just to kind of watch her. But like, she's my cousin, she's not my kid. So I was like, this is a lot that you have to do. Like they probably shouldn't even have cell phones, but... You know, some kids need them, Some ki- most kids don't, I don't think, you know, but that's another story for another day. So one thing I will tell you about is, for me, like I said, education was different for me, and then my family was super engaged. Most of my life, I had family members that were teachers at the school. So, and a lot, a lot of my life, I had cousins, or my brother, like, we went to school together. So I got in, a, I got in some trouble, it was very mild, just, I had a smart mouth. That's not that big of a deal. Mom. Anyway, <laughs> mom and dad. <laughs> I was like level one bad. But anyway, um, so now that I have a child, I have to consider education here. Like I always tell people like we're not going anywhere anytime soon or ever. So, you know, this, the daycare she goes to is an awesome daycare. I feel fairly confident about elementary school too, but once the middle and high school thing comes into play, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, of course, naturally, people are like, send her to private school. And I've said this before, and I hope I don't hurt your feelings if I do. Oh, well, I do not want her to be a minority in her school. I don't want her to be the only black. So that rules out a lot of the private schools here because I already feel like it's challenging right now. I, I feel like our kids, I don't want to say they're more sensitive, but you're hearing kids commit suicide and stuff more often now. So it's life is hard enough. I don't want to have her to have to deal with race and hair texture and those type of issues or treatment and microaggressions so soon. I do understand that's something she's going to come into contact with at some point not as a child for me. So, um, so I'm like, I don't know. Like, how do you, how do you feel about education here? For me, I'm like, I don't even want to think about it, but it's concerning for me because coming from the outside and never really paying attention to, I had a child, all I hear is about the failing districts. And then I, I, then I know like, you know, like they're not getting properly funded. Like the buildings 
or crap. Long story. Probably dated textbooks. Don't have the technology they need. Did you say probably? Oh, you're being so kind. You're so no, kind. I don't. I don't you know. Probably. I say probably, and then don't have the technology they need. The school lunches are deplorable. <laughs> so it's like, what's that like? You know, like what kind of advice would you have for someone like me? I I understand some people like to move outside of the city to you know increase their chances of being in a good public school. We're not going to do that either. Gotcha. So <laughs> to me, the only thing I can do is you know what we like to do is reinforce whatever she learns. I'm PTA president, so obviously I'm engaged. Oh, there you go. I have to be the head person. Exactly. <laughs> so, but I mean, I just I don't know what to do. What am I going to do after elementary school? Well, the I, biggest thing I would recommend is taking control of that yourself. Yeah. And the active engagement. And I mean, what I'll hear from most people, like, I work, I'm tired. I'm like, you know what? The most important job any parent has is parenting. Yeah. And what education looks like through the lens of love is totally different than what it looks like through the lens of a person who may or may not be invested in their career field. Mm-hmm. Somebody just may be getting a check because they have to survive, whereas right. you, the stakes are so much higher. Right. So the investments that we make can kind of curtail uh, what can happen here. But, I mean, being perfectly honest, I absolutely would not have my child in public education here that wasn't specifically vetted by me. Mm -hmm. I would have to go to the school. I would want to see their track record, Mm -hmm. not just from testing. I want to know what your track record is like with how your teacher retention rate is. Is your turnover rate ridiculous? Are you replacing 50% to 40% of your staff every year? Because those type of things. I mean, just imagine uh, the comfort Uh, that a child has when they go to a school and they see teachers that they are going to see in the future and they're building relationships. And then let's look at the trauma for a different child. You start school, you meet these people that you are trying to learn. I'm not in their class yet. And then by next year, half the school has changed, the principals change, you're in a new environment. And that's trauma for toddlers. Like, wait a minute. Stranger danger, but this is supposed to be this nurturing environment. There's a reason for that. That's a really good point that you bring up because I knew with my school who I was going to have next. Like, and then I went like from for elementary and middle school into private school. So we knew what nuns we were going to come into contact with, what teachers we were going to come into contact with. But that's a very good point. Like, I already knew what I would be in for for the next grade. Yeah, but so the thing, the problem becomes a lot of people don't have that choice, though. Like, I feel like we're, we have some choices. Homeschooling is not a choice. I'm not going to be able to be with a homegirl all day. (laughs) That that is not, I know that's a lot, it's a go-to for a lot of people. I'm not a person who wants to be at home. Well, that's not my ministry. Oh, it's that's not, not what mine I'm called to do. either. And then you know what? I, I sometimes question how I got this far, how I was able to even get out of school, get out of undergrad. So I don't need to be teaching her anything. <laughs> so, but what about the people who don't have a choice really in that? And even the school, I think about, you know, if they're experiencing a high turnover, it's not necessarily their fault, you know? Well, no, I mean, you, you've got to actually, let's take JPS, for example. Yeah. We, I mean... You can look in the newspaper. Yeah. Our our district is currently at an F. So that means we have to have changes that take place from the central office, and then those changes need to be able to permeate throughout the rest of JPS. But from what I'm seeing, uh, I'm hoping for 
a vast array of changes. That's yeah. what I'm hoping for. But we have to value teachers. If they want to keep teachers, strong teachers yeah. here, if they want black male innovators yeah. to stay here or to become a teacher here, they've got to add some intensity and importance with the pay. Yeah. Teachers' jobs shouldn't weigh in the balance with the pay that is compatible to Kelly's temps. Yeah. There's nothing against Kelly's temps. Right. Good gracious. When your temps are making competitive wages to the entry-level teachers, that's a problem. It is. Why take a praxis teacher's exam? Right. I mean, because people take the CPA, people take the LSAT, people take the MCAT because they're going to go through medical school or law school, and then there's a different level that they've reached as far as their career, and they're going to be compensated. Right. With education, it's only like that in certain states. Mm -hmm. In Mississippi... Uh, economically does not value education yeah. and it's obvious they'll make a cut here as quick as I can blink my eyes yeah. so you're not going to have these strong black men who want to take care of their families mm-hmm. who want to make sure that their community is sound you're not going to see as many of them in the classroom because how do you support your family when you don't have a livable wage as an educator right. so I'm encouraging parents get connected to these community Organizations like Stupot, like Gateway, mm-hmm. even Catholic Charities, they have a holistic approach to uh, using education and after-school programs. And mm-hmm. It's got to be bigger than just the classroom. Yeah. If I've got a mom with mental health issues, what is this child going back to? There's a lot of needs that need yeah. to be met. If the child is hungry, if the child is cold, uh, yeah. even rent things like yeah. that something that simple we have to be able to have some of those safeguards in place to change what the experience is going to be because these children on a regular basis uh, using jps for an example they're coming to school every day vomiting emotional residue all over the walls yeah. and all over the people there whatever they're dealing with they bring it to school and leave it and yeah. teachers are not trained that's what i was going to ask you. that's what i was going to ask you because you're listing all of these things that go along with education and it's like Technically, it's not the school's responsibility. Is there any example, or are you seeing that? I mean, we are seeing examples of schools picking up that, but technically, it's not—it's not their job, you know. Or are you saying like we need stronger partnerships with these organizations and churches to pick up that load? Because I can't, you know, it's I can imagine like teachers and principals, and it's like. You have to do all this, and you have to use some of your salary to, to pay for things, and you have to pick up this low. And then I've seen some schools recently, they've started buying washing machines and dryers so children can have clean uniforms to feel more confident. You know, I'm seeing programs where they're giving them food on Friday evenings so they can have stuff on the, over the weekend because the only time they eat is at school. Absolutely. That's why education is something where I'm like, that is something I don't like to think about. I don't like to think about education policy. I'm like, I just, my brain malfunctions. It's just too much. It's That's a lot. That's why the vetting process is so important. Yeah. We, people need to be vetted on a higher level that are going to be working but in the I, administrative part of education yeah. and the classroom part. Because people that just need a check or just need uh, the next level to upward mobility mm-hmm. don't need to be in education. This is a sacrificial serving career field yeah. where you're going to be given a lot. So you've got to have people that are built to give like that people that are smart enough to know I need to be poured into as well yeah. you can't be empty and give anything Yeah, but if there's such a demand for educators how do you do that vetting process when you know you just need teachers it's so much easier when the, when the compensation 
is at a much greater level, mm-hmm. the vetting process is a much easier because guess what? The pool that you get to choose from grows. Yeah. I was in a position about two years ago to attempt to hire teachers mm-hmm. um, for an alternative education program that we mm-hmm. were doing. I interviewed about 25 people. Mm-hmm. All of them declined. Once they heard. As soon as I told them what the rate of pay was going to be. Yeah. I mean, and when I say awesome individuals from all over the United States of America and abroad mm-hmm. that were interviewing just based on seeing a video clip or based on, okay, this is what this program might have. Mm-hmm. And the one thing, they're like, you know what? I really appreciate your spiel. I love your heart for mm-hmm. your students, but I've got to feed my family. Right. And so we're going to continue to be in a position where we don't have some of the strongest teachers. And we have some here. Mm-hmm. We have some that are in the trenches that just have to go without. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thank God for them. But if we want to change the course of education, we've got to flip the current state upside down. And it can't be a central administration free-for-all financially. The money has got to be dispersed among teachers so that you don't have to worry about money while you're in your classroom. Right. Or technology when you're in your classroom. Or or curriculum. Curriculum should be set when the teacher gets there. And the way to take that into bite-sized pieces so that our demographic of students can understand it Mm -hmm. should be laid out. It's it's too much testing. It's too much reshifting and changing throughout the school year that's going to add more work to these teachers' workload. I mean, it's right now... We are using a copy, cut, and paste approach to education. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a piece of something that works, a piece of something that works. And they don't see these, they don't see babies and beautiful children. I'm telling you, our children have been reduced to digits, dollars, and data. And mm-hmm. that's why we are where we are. They're not yeah. human anymore. And yeah. this is not a labor of love. This is something to pay the bills, unfortunately. Yeah. Do you see that changing anytime soon? No, I'm not even going to play games with that. I don't see that change soon. But, I mean, when a person goes through a major surgery, they're not going to rehab soon. Right. But what I would like to see is plans that come soon. Plans that need to be articulated, but then plans that need to be in writing. And a big thing I would love to see outside accountability to monitor. Uh, I want to say one year or two years ago, there was somewhere around the range of $60 million that was supposed to be spent on these campuses. Mm -hmm. I would love to see an audit of how that $60 million got broken down because at the schools that I've taught at, like, wow, you go without air conditioning and heat for long periods of time. You can smell sewage during lunch. Yeah. That's got to be a, a health code violation yeah. somewhere. Not just broken toilets, but you got asbestos, you got mold, you got. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. I'm not going to say the school. I hope I hadn't said it before, but um, at my previous employer, we had an adopted school. And I think I did it for about four years, but I did experience they would give me the kids who were a bit behind to work with. So I did experience them moving frequently. So, of course, I didn't keep the same kids because the kids were always, like, relocating throughout the school year. So I know that's one issue. But then I remember, like, seeing, like, you know how you have the ceiling and it's, like, black and it's leaking? And I remember the wall kind of leaking and them putting, like, artwork over it to kind of cover it. And I saw the trailers. And that's why I was, like... Is this? That was like kind of my intro to not saying all schools look like that. Don't take that and kind of run with it. But I'm just saying for even a school to like look like that. I was like, 
I don't know if I can send my child to public school. Any person that wants yeah. to see what Jackson, Mississippi believes about education, all they have to do, take a 90-minute drive around to some of our public schools yeah. and just take pictures of what you see. Do you see broken windows in trailers? Do you see bullet holes through school windows yeah. that don't get fixed? I mean... You can see a bullet right. hole. It's pretty simple. I know a school right now. There's three bullet holes in windows as we speak. Yeah. Busted windows and trailers the whole nine. Uh, I was, I've been at a school where there was a, bro, a burnt down, a burnt down trailer that stood in window view of the students in the building mm-hmm. for a good two months before anything even happened to it. Yeah. I mean, so every day, if I, if I got to see trash and garbage right. every day, what does that mean when it comes to how I view, how does my city view me and mm-hmm. my education? Yeah. You would never see something like that anywhere at else. Prep. Yeah. You would never see something like that in Clinton. Yeah. And we shouldn't stand for it here in Jackson. I mean, yeah. and I, hopefully in this new school year, we see a lot of new changes. I would love to see yeah. a lot of changes. Hearing about them is awesome, but I would love to see changes, some that are simple. You can replace windows with bullet holes in them. Yeah. Do you think they put too much pressure on the superintendents? You know what? I don't. I feel <laughs> that I feel that the responsibility yeah. should not solely rest with the superintendents. Yeah, because I'm I'm thinking, you know, it you know, for uh the problems that JPS faced, they didn't just get here. No, no, no. So I wonder, here. and that's kind of saying why I view when you think about mayors, it's like not trying to let them off easy or anything, but it's like you've had all these issues for so long and then you guys appoint someone or elect someone and you think it's going to be gone in a year. And I guess that goes back to your point of having a plan, at a minimum having a plan. But I wonder sometimes if it's too much pressure on them. You're not going to, you know, like, the district is not going to improve. Go to A status in a year. No, no, like, that's not just, at all. You know, these buildings are not going to improve in a year, you know, so. I mean, I look at it because... Education is so important. I look at children's lives being on the line, mm-hmm. just like a person who's a new chief of police. Yeah. If you go into a city where the crime rate is high, the murder rate is high, the whole nine, if you want that position, yeah. you know exactly what, what you're, you're walking into, yeah. and you know how high the stakes are. Yeah. So you need to walk into that mm-hmm. with some vision that you can write down and articulate, mm-hmm. not about how I can excite the people, but how can I watch this place transform and what are the stages? Do I have stages that we're going to meet these criteria? In? I mean, how do I do that? And, and that's the part that we honestly need. We need outside intervention that is transparent mm-hmm. to really hold our central offices accountable. And we need central offices that have plans that are plain, plans that we can actually kind of chart over time. Mm-hmm. I want to see the pay raise mm-hmm. for teachers improve by how much. Yeah. I want to I want to offer teacher incentives in the form of compensation, but how much are you talking about? Yeah. I would like to uh, make sure that we fund after school programs for every every school that is a D or below mm-hmm. should have after school programs that are fully funded mm-hmm. where teachers are compensated to stay later. I work with teachers that are leaving from the classroom and going to, to a second job. job. Yeah. And that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Assistant principals that are doing the double duty on jobs and things mm-hmm. of this nature. 
that's, 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 that should be blasphemous as it relates to education. What needs to happen, there should be an insulation of opportunities in place so that, you know what, with all the things that we lack in this building, we can pay teachers and administrators to perform these tasks. And now you're making much more money to take care of your family in the place that you're already serving. Right. That makes sense. But that's not what we do. Yeah. Okay. So last question-ish. Hopefully, I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, people claim to love Jackson, the natives and the transplants alike. What can the community do to get involved to support JPS? Because loving Jackson is not just attending events, it's not just shopping local and supporting your local businesses, it's also education, in my opinion. And I even feel like I don't have the capacity, but I'm just going to ask the question anyway. What can we do to get involved? Now, I do see, you know, um, I'm sure teachers need supplies year-round. Oh, my goodness, the beginning yes. of the year. Um, I'm sure, like how I talked about some of those programs, uh, like buying washing machines and dryers is a way. I'm assuming mentorship and tutoring could be a way for people Major. to get involved. Um, like, what else can we do to be engaged year-round? I know a lot of times, too, what I love to see, especially when the summer comes around, I see people getting together and getting food together because, of course, kids go without. Exactly. I'm not sure why summer camp is not a thing here. I feel like schools should be open also throughout the summer, but that's another thing. I remember I asked my husband I was like, why so many kids? I see so many kids on Facebook at home during the summer. I was like, I never was at home. He because was like, that costs money. there are funds available yeah. to fill those schools with teachers yeah. who can use their expertise yeah. to have activities for students that are engaged year-round. Yeah, and we, yeah. There are some, but there aren't enough, and that, yeah. that's part of the problem. That's I was like, I never had a summer off I was all like for my especially my grandparents it's like we should always be doing something we can never just have downtime absolutely so um but yeah so what I mean what else can we do to get involved because y'all say y'all like Jackson y'all love Jackson love Jackson my what else y'all gonna do this place <laughs> a big piece of this we have a school board for a reason okay we need much stronger parent and community participation mm-hmm <laughs> and, and with that, mm -hmm. just going to a school board meeting is not enough. Okay. But being able to hold school board members accountable mm -hmm. for what we need, mm -hmm. simple things. Every school in Jackson Public Schools and in the surrounding areas, all of these districts, heat and air conditioning should not be one of the factors that we're talking about. But yeah. it is. It's something major. Clean, fresh water yeah. should not be something that we need and have to debate about. But, yeah. but that's a factor. Up-to-date books and the accommodations that come along with those books, the worksheets, the yeah. technological approaches that come with it as well. To, to not have those things, but to go downtown and to see so many high-end vehicles yeah. in the parking and you, lots. And you know what else, too? We have a lot of businesses here. Y'all know y'all can use this as a tax write-off. It's like Easily. adopt a school, maybe. 
you know, I don't want to tell y'all what to do with your money. We need your vocally money. loud but, yeah. parents that talk about the issues mm -hmm. that are happening in their community schools. If we could just get some of the individuals, large groups of people from the school that's in their neighborhood. Yeah. When you are in a neighborhood where your school is a D or F school mm -hmm. and your school is visibly raggedy, yeah. you see acts of violence happening to and from your school. Yeah. We need those people to speak up on it. Yeah. And when they speak up on it, we need them to, the ones, if, say for instance, if you're not working, can I see you as that visible person that's right. out because when I was coming home to and from school as a child there were people who weren't even related to me who would speak to me about what I was doing little boy you better cut that out yeah. or you better stop it and yeah. it meant something yeah you know what um, my child's the director of her school she told us at our first PTA meeting that she wanted to see us there more often not the kids shouldn't be excited to just see us picking them up you know, and for me, I've known for a long time, I've always wanted to be more active and possibly be like a substitute teacher or something. But the problem is a lot of us work full time jobs and it's kind of hard, you know, when you're already pressed for hours, like a person like myself who can never keep <laughs> hours. It's like, how do you, you know, I will understand it's hard to navigate that, but I plan on being like more present at my daughter's school. But uh, it's hard. It's like, you know, I'm sure a lot of parents would love to be more present at their children's school, but like I said, a lot of employers are really supportive of that, you know. Look at like, what can I take a half now, day? Though. Can I take a half day to be at my child's school? That's not We something. got social media. Yeah. With social media, parents could literally create their own platform to discuss the issues That's about true. their schools. They post those pictures when their child does great in sports. Look at my baby! All this yeah. hollering and screaming and carrying yeah. on. I need you to be able to use these Keep social the media. Keep the same energy. Yeah. The same energy okay. for these deplorable conditions that your children and your neighborhood children are going to. Yeah. I mean, they call them hood children for a reason. Yeah. Well, why they call them hood kids? Because they don't act like neighbors. And yeah. why would they when yeah. adults don't speak to them and offer them nurturing guidance anymore? Yeah. You, all this free social media, yeah. we should be using this as the same platform in the way that a lot of young people are going after these gun laws and initiatives. I'm like, dude, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. I love to see that. But can we have that same energy mm -hmm. for deplorable conditions in public schools around? Like, yeah. if your students are not learning, you got a bunch of kids graduating that can barely read and write. Yeah. Come on now. We're mm -hmm. not trying to make a new community of individuals that can do every lower level position. Right. That, that's not what the goal is. Yeah. The goal is to make it diverse. I mean, somebody's going to work at McDonald's, but I need somebody to be prepared to manage it, to own it. I need somebody to even be able to run the landscaping company yeah. that's going to cut their grass. Yeah. I need more than just the person who's going to shake the fries and yeah. mop the floors. And now I've done both of those positions yeah. so I can speak on that. I'm yeah. not putting them down. Yeah. But that's not the goal. Mm -hmm. That's just a place that we travel on the course to where we're going. Yeah. Okay. We'll take a small break right here. Jackson, Mississippi's only alternative culture shop, Offbeat, is your one-stop shop for comics, records, and designer toys. Located in the heart of Midtown and Black-owned and geek-operated, this store is home to the best alternative artists. Visit Offbeat today at offbeatjackson.com for more info. That was an awesome conversation. I wish we can continue it maybe another day. Um, so what else are you into? Currently, I'm spending a lot of time on my book. I've been working on a book since 2005. Okay. It started off... Uh, a lot of a lot of fear mm -hmm. uh, at that point in my life I just I was experiencing a lot of fear on am I gonna make it it, mm -hmm. was a, it was a season where seeing black men get killed on a regular basis was very common and, mm -hmm. and me personally being harassed by police was like a consistent thing mm -hmm. and just those personal life decisions and even 
even being totally transparent, even a measure of depression, it was kind of weighing heavy on me. Mm -hmm. So I started writing about my life because I said, if I'm not going to be here, I want my children to know, hey, man, what was my daddy like? Why was my daddy that way? Mm -hmm. And, and, and what was inside of his mind? Mm -hmm. And I wanted them to have a, a view of my experiences based on firsthand knowledge, mine. Okay. And when I started, it ended up being uh, more therapy than anything. Yeah. Because the more I wrote, I would imagine, yeah. I started remembering things that weren't as mm -hmm. quick pace as others. Like, things that my mom was just, like, in tears as I told her. Like, hey, mom, what was the time when we were... Uh, I was telling her about a specific time when uh -huh. I remember sneezing and I remember crystals in the air. Mm -hmm. I was like, I just remember sneezing, crystal all in the air, and crying. Mm -hmm. And she was like, when you were two years old, you climbed in some cabinets and were breaking salt and pepper shakers. Mm. And, and she was just like, how do you remember that? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I just remembered whatever was shining in the air, which I'm guessing was broken glass and yeah. salt. And the salt and pepper was causing the sneezing. But yeah. to be able to have those memorable moments that were warm yeah. and then even traumatic moments, but to be able to pinpoint where they were mm -hmm. and connect those to, well, wait a minute, why do I feel the way I feel about certain issues? Yeah. Why am I passionate about different things? And so over the years, I've been working on it. Okay. And now it's kind of graduated from my life story to kind of saying, you know what, let's take a broader view. And now I'm transforming that into a novel so that I can share it with the world okay. without being sued a million times. Okay. When are you anticipating wrapping that up? I actually would like to put the book out February 24th. Okay, I want to put it out on my birthday. So giving myself realistic times to get that book out yeah, and share it. Because let me just tell you what I'm going to try to do. Now, I just want to say I'm fickle. And I, I mean, I can't be trusted, but I feel like I'm going to try to be on the same writing wave as you so I can finish my dissertation. That sounds like a plan. I feel like we need to make that hold each other accountable. So you know, I, like I, I, I need that because okay. it's so hard to keep going back. When you see, okay, look at the breadth of work I've done, but guess yeah. what? It's not done. Go back, and that, yeah. that's tough. So yeah. I, I definitely so, need yeah. that accountability. Yeah, I feel Absolutely. like, okay, we're going to do that then. So. Let's do it. I'm with it. <laughs> okay. And then you also do public speaking. You do poetry. I think I found out about that first before I found that you were an educator. You know what? That was also another piece of just therapy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Being able to write down your feelings and thoughts and then share them with the world. Yeah. Hip-hop kind of put me in there. You know, yeah. Hip-hop partially raised me because to be able to hear stories mm -hmm. that were vivid imagery of my neighborhood, my surroundings, and then the world around me mm -hmm. from somebody who doesn't live in my hometown yeah. or who could speak the same understanding, that meant a lot to me. Yeah. And that rhythm, that beat, that yeah. bold tap. You know, it went from that to not needing a beat yeah. and being able just to have a spoken word or just a poem with no beat whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like emotional resolve through rhythm, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so that cool. and I love speaking to groups of young people. Like, yeah. that's my passion. Yeah. Because I remember being that rebellious child. Yeah. So whether it's a church or an after-school program or a youth detention center, that's my heart and that's my passion. Yeah. So that's uh, more exciting to me than the classroom. But the classroom definitely love yeah. that as well. Yeah. Well, I guess they get both. What what grade do you teach? Right now, I'm teaching eighth grade. Yeah. How's that? You know what? Eighth grade is a place for young people where they want the benefits of adulthood. Yeah. Without any responsibility or consequences of adulthood. I was just about to say, I knew I thought I was grown. Oh my goodness. It takes gracious. becoming a real adult to realize you are not grown. 
<laughs> I thought I was grown when I turned 21. <sighs> only to find out Sorry, at 21 year olds that I was so far from being what? grown at 21. Good gracious. I think luckily for me, it's a good and bad thing, but at 25 is when I began my downward spiral of realizing I was not grown, that I did not know anything, and that I was, in fact, not an adult. But, you know, you can't tell younger people that because they're going to be like, oh, I'm grown, like I'm at this age or whatever, or, you know, I pay a bill, I pay my own bill. You pay a cell phone bill with the money that your mama gave you. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's another conversation, like I said. But, yeah, it took me. And even right now, I question. I got a child. I have all this responsibility. And I still, I was like, maybe I'm an adult now. Maybe. Still not entirely sure if I am. I'm going to go with yes for 300, Alex. (laughs) For 300, yes. But, um, so, um I like to ask transplants um, if you have advice or recommendations for the kind of trouble people can get into around Jackson, things oh, to do, absolutely. places to eat. Um, I want to say I often question, you know, if this podcast and this platform is necessary. Every time I question it, I get a message saying, I'm moving to Jackson. I just moved to Jackson and I'm glad I found your podcast. Um, Someone from Brazil messaged me yesterday and she feels well equipped to relocate Hi, by the way, if you hear this, um, to move to Jackson. So people need this. Like, people need to know what kind of things to do. Absolutely. Yeah, so... Which one? Advice or recommendations or both? You know, it kind of makes You gave us a lot of advice already. We can kind of mix them together. Okay. Jackson is a place of exploration. Okay. Uh, You will be miserable in Jackson waiting for something to happen. You will be. Because things are always happening. You've got to get on the internet, and then you've just got to connect with different locations. Like, I found out a lot of things that were happening uh, just from... The, bullet, the bulletin board had stew pot. Yeah. Uh, looking online. Uh, mm-hmm. NPR radio. Yeah. I mean. Between, oh, NPR. You're the first one who's recommended that. Okay. Oh, but man. NPR says they got a whole list of things that happen. Okay. Like MPB.org. Uh-huh. They, they just have a, like an, a list of things that are happening in the city. Okay. But even when you're coming off the interstate going downtown, uh-huh. they'll even show you some of the things that are yeah, happening. Yeah, the like, banners. Yeah. Between the food between the uh, the social events that are happening, mm-hmm. you really can enjoy yourself here. I mean, it's, it's so many different little spots where you can find your niche, whether you are a jock, whether you are one of the elite mm-hmm. uh, San Francisco 49er fans like myself. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're that kind of person or if you're a <laughs> Celtic fan like myself or if you root for the Cornhuskers Big Red or for Jackson State like I do, mm-hmm. then you're loved by me. You can hang out with me. Yeah. But there's <laughs> places for everybody. Like, yeah. I can taste food from all over the world yeah. in this town. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm just trying them. Just I do want to say I finally went to Godfrey's. Oh, my goodness. Friday you late? Evening. You are late. I know. I am very, very late. But I finally made it there. Godfrey's for sure. And I'm going to have to make it back because I'm going to have to try different things as I... <laughs> you got to hit Godfrey's. Yeah. You got to hit Sankofa. You absolutely got to go to the original Stamps off of oh. Dalton Street. When I say a mom and dad back yeah. in the day... Gave That's me the a one by Jack Stay, right? Yes. Yeah. I got a free burger there 20 years ago. Yeah. Never forgot those people. And I still eat there. And now they got air conditioning in that place. Is when that the, s- the place that has the burgers the size of your head, basically? Yes. And they have turkey burgers as well. I was about to say, because I just feel like I just got heartburn by your recommendation. No, no, they got turkey okay. burgers. <laughs> you can take the cheese off. I mean, you can get it cut. I'm talking about, it's unreal. Okay. But I mean, to be able to switch it up, to have some good 
I can go get Nigerian food. Yeah. I can try some Italian food. Yeah. I mean, I like the variety. I okay. mean, even I haven't found a New Orleans spot yet. There is not. But I got some oh, good no, seafood there is. Steamers. Cultivation Steamers. Hall. That Wait, place. What? Is it called We we always wrestle with the pronunciation. I don't know it's it's fate. I fate. I don't think it's feet I feet. We've been saying it it's wrong. It's a restaurant? So it's like like a mini restaurant in Cultivation Hall. The owners are from Baton Rouge and New Orleans. They now. have several throughout Baton Rouge and New Orleans. They are in food halls primarily. So you can go there for that. You got to share that I, information with me because yeah, I haven't had just... That's where in. I go when I need some gumbo. Some like, real gumbo with that. Yeah, mm. yeah. And they have beignets. It's a little different because it's a little flaky, but it's really good. Do they have... Crawfish bread or crawfish pasta. That's what I'm talking about. I don't think so. Oh, you just I think you're demanding too much. What about crawfish etouffee? <laughs> I don't think they have it. I don't know. I have to, you know, let, let's crawfish give them some time. Bread? Let's give them some time. Okay, we give them some time. They're going to have to do something with them crawfish now. <laughs> if they claim it and represent they're going to have to. I don't know if there's bread. anything with crawfish on their menu. I don't know. You know, I'm going to give them a pass. If they we going to let them make it. They, they hadn't even been open a year yet. So we're going to give them some time. They and jambalaya? I, do they have jambalaya? I don't know. I've only had gumbo. I've only had red beans and rice. I've gone there for breakfast. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I gumbo mean, girl got some good red beans and she, rice, too. She Yeah, and I, that's the only and other place. And that and turf. She got a surf and turf burger. Ignant. Yeah, I Ignorant. recommended her a few episodes ago. That's the only other place I would recommend for gumbo besides them. Sorry to everyone else. I crab said what cakes. I said. Get your crab cakes from Steamers. Okay, I've never had crab cakes from oh, there before. Oh, yeah. and then it's got a like a, a shrimp, a creamy. Is it all crab? Sauce. Is it all crab? Is it's it all crab? crab okay, crab. they're not trying to play. Y'all be putting feelings uh, around here. I'm not gonna say no names. <laughs> it's a lot of places that do it like that. Uh, but you gotta try steamers though. You okay, try I'm gonna try this. All Absolutely. right. Anywhere else? I'm trying to think of the different places my wife has convinced me to go. You <laughs> say convinced. You know what? Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the place. There is a in addition to Sankofa, there's a, another like Caribbean restaurant that's right downtown. I don't know if they're with us anymore. Are they still open? Taste of the Caribbean. Yeah. Taste of the Caribbean. Man, that food was so delicious. Yeah. Okay. I, man, that food was delicious. My wife okay. brought me a plate to work. I was like, you know what? You really love me. <laughs> well, now I'm gonna have to bring food to Achilles since you put that on. Sankofa got the crawfish <laughs> balls. Like literally, I can eat like seven or eight of them things. Okay. And then they got this spicy cabbage and then they got this ginger juice drink that goes with it i mean i eat out here yeah if, you, you know what if you just want to grab some food one day yeah some people are not into buffets yeah but it's a place called tasty tokyo it's like okay. right tokyo tasty yeah I, I you know i am iffy with the buffet all i'm gonna like... say is walk in there and you see how clean it is <laughs> okay, okay and what okay. their sushi looks like okay. they even got i mean they've got some tempura vegetables that I would put up against okay. anybody else's tempura vegetables. All right, okay. Delicious. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mess with them. I mess with All them. Right. I got some leftovers I just knocked off this morning for breakfast. For breakfast? Yeah. You know what? Had to. Okay. Had to. Okay, okay. It was just a must. I got up extra early, needed to knock them off. Okay, okay, okay. Um, do you do, like, are you having fun outside of everything you do? You know what? You, you're I a really father, am. you're a teacher. <laughs> I don't know how you have time to do anything else. You know what? What a man, my, my wife got me involved in, uh, I love working out, Yeah. but I stopped working out when I got married, mm-hmm. and yes. I, I felt totally You know different. what? Me and Achille worked out 
together for the first five years of our relationship. Wow. As soon as we got married. Y'all stopped working. I mean, we stopped and we started saying, hey, let's go to Sonics and get uh, cherry oh, limes. Yes. Let's go Day get night. Let's go get cupcakes. Hey, it's who like, you telling? So, but I'm working hard to try to get out of that. But they got a place right now. My wife got me into it. When I tell you, I haven't felt this good in a good five years. Okay. It's called Burn Fitness. My wife got me signed up. It was like six weeks for $99. What? And they got classes early in the morning and afternoon. Yeah. So we actually get to work out together and have like a make-believe date night. Oh. So three nights a week, I get to work out with her. She's mm-hmm. pushing me. I'm pushing her. But it's a bunch of other people that look like they're struggling like I am. Yeah. And I love it. When okay. I don't feel like I'm in pain alone, yeah. I can deal with it. And okay. this is the best shape I've felt at least in the last five years. I'm trying to get Thank like you. Thank you, honey, for getting me involved in it. I'm trying to get like you. Oh, you'll love it. Okay. You will love it because it's not well, even an hour have, long. It's like have, 45 minutes. We have a membership right here, right here at Foundry Fitness. I just asked my husband, I was like, have you been to the gym lately? I said, last time I count, you only been one time since we got this membership. Uh, you can't call him out on the radio. But oh, yes, look, he was like, <laughs> but you, he's like, but you only went twice. <laughs> got her. <laughs> So, yeah. I'm glad he fought back. I'm glad he didn't just take that line. Look, down. people think he's so nice. I he tell is. people he is equally shady. Especially if there are spades involved, because that's a trash talker. Oh, yeah. I did not know your husband was talking trash yeah. like that. He'll even give you different voices when he's talking trash. Yeah. And you know what? He refuses to teach me. I just want you to know that. What? Yeah. And you know he, what? He's going to never, save you from something. He would he's never, saving you from something. He won't tell me what Joker Joker Deuce Deuce means. What? He will not tell me what it means. Those are just the highest cards when I you think, play like that. I think he feels like, look, you had your chance to learn, and I don't have time for you to be messing up the game. He might be in shock. You from New Orleans, yeah. and don't play Spain. I never met a, per- a black I person can play from New it, did, did this just end? Did the interview just end? So like, we're going to go ahead and wrap up seriously. here. <laughs> you lost me with that one. You want to tell people where they can uh, keep abreast of you and everything you're into? You know what? Micah O. Briggs on Facebook. Oh, the, the personal Facebook page? The personal Facebook you page. You stranger dangers? You know why? Because I'm, I'm one of those liberal people who okay. I reserve the right to delete you and block you. I don't that's play those true, games. That's true. We're not going back and forth. Yeah. I enjoy my page. Okay. So Micah O. Briggs, or you can find me at hip underscore hops underscore offspring okay. on Instagram, or just racially profiled and that's racial lowercase capital e uh-huh. profiled and that's on twitter okay so you and we're gonna put me. all this on the show notes too guys so we're gonna make sure you're able to locate him please look for me and yeah. when you see the long ride on the short bus make sure you buy it you guys help hold me accountable so i can get this book out hold long us overdue. accountable and guess what i want gifts when i'm done i just want to say that i want everybody to send me gifts when i'm done with my dissertation you know what we're gonna send each other gifts okay. when you finish your dissertation you get a gift when i finish my book i get a gift okay okay cool. that's cool, cool. so to uh, <laughs> um thanks shout out to 242 creative for producing this podcast and putting up with my nonsense thanks uh, for having me yeah really i'm glad it. you thanks for agreeing to it and it was like bring me back stuff. when the book comes out Bring me back. I will. I will. I'll make sure I'm to do that. I'm going to hold you to that now. I'm okay. going to lean on your husband. Give yeah. him a little. <laughs> <laughs> um, Small World Studio for the music. Follow me at Jackson Transplants GXN on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Email me at JacksonTransplants at gmail.com. I only accept compliments and gifts now. No constructive criticism. <laughs> <Out of> control. <laughs> <laughs> and I will talk to you haters next week. Peace out.